Hello, my name is Donnie Smith, and I'm the pastor here at Ascension Christian Center in Apopka, Florida. I hope this message changes, impacts, and challenges you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you enjoy the message, you can connect with us on our website, Facebook, or Instagram at Ascension Christian Center. Thank you, and enjoy. Praise God. Are you guys ready for the Word of God? Amen. Everybody just hold your Bible. You can remain seating, seated. I know I normally have y'all stand, but I didn't want to have y'all stand back up. I'm being nice. I'm sure your quads are really feeling it at this point. Normally, I like to stand for the reading of God's Word out of respect for His Word. Um, just grab your Bibles if you can. We're going to jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 5 through 9. I'm going to be reading out of the Message Bible. It should be up on the screen. You can get your iPad, your Android, your iPhone ready. It'll also be translated into Spanish. Um, I believe I have a, a word that will bless you and bless myself this morning. I certainly need it. Everybody repeat this after me, if you believe it. Say, this is the infallible, undisputed, and inerrant word of God. Today, I open up my heart, mind, spirit, and soul to receive from its truth. God, I thank you that fruit will abound to my account as a result of reading, hearing, and applying your word to every area of my life. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. Yes, you're alive this morning. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 5 through 9. I'm going to preach for the next 20 minutes, and I pray that many, many will Receive breakthrough. Dean just laughed. If ushers, you can usher him right out the side door right here. I'll be reading out of the Message Bible. Here's what it says. This is the Apostle Paul writing uh, to some friends of his at another church, uh, the Cor Corinth Church. And uh, that's why it says called Corinthians. So all these are the epistles of Paul. Say epistles. Yeah, epistles are not, not like woman apostles, okay? An epistle is a letter. That was so funny. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that? He's, he's cruising for a bruising. He's writing to the church. He's, he's instructing them. He's saying, hey, I'm going to come visit you. Here's what he says. I plan to come visit you after passing through northern Greece. I won't be staying long, but maybe I'll stay a while with you. Maybe even spend the winter. I'm glad it wasn't Dean writing this to me because I would have told him no. That was funny. Then you could give me a good send-off whenever I or wherever I may be headed next. I do not want to just drop by in between other primary destinations. I want a good, long, leisurely visit if the master agrees. I love that. He, he liked to involve God in everything. You know, people don't, you know, people make decisions to go out of the country or take a vacation. He said, if the master agrees. This, this is a life where he's clearly involving God in every aspect. He doesn't even make decisions without the Lord. He says, if the master agrees, we'll have it. For the present, I'm staying right here in Ephesus. Now, this last verse is the reason I'm here this morning. It says this. A huge door of opportunity for good work has opened to me. 
listen to this, Rick. However, there is also much mushrooming opposition. I want you to listen to that. A huge door of opportunity, of a good opportunity, say good opportunity, has opened up here. But there's also mushrooming opposition. I'm a New King James guy, so I'll read that last verse. It says, for, for a great and effective door has opened to me, but there are many adversaries. Here's how you know you're not in the will of God. I may shock some of you. Well, I'll say it like this. Somebody had recently talked to a friend of mine and my friend is going through some opposition and told their parent that, hey, I'm going through all of these different things. And the parent who goes to a nice church, she said, there's nothing really going on in my life. I don't really ever have opposition. Like you shouldn't be going through things. This is what she said. I was staggered at that response. But here's the thing. As many of us get deceived in thinking that because we're going through something, we are outside of the will of God. But the fact of the matter is, is the, is the sign that you're going through things is an actual sign that you are, you're doing something. You know how you know you're a trailblazer? Trailblazers... Like John the Baptist who lived in the wilderness, he was a trailblazer. You remember the scripture says that there's a one whose voice is crying in the wilderness, who's preparing the way of the Lord, who's eating on locusts and honey and you know, wore camel's hair. He was in the wilderness because he was a trailblazer. And he caused a lot of ruckus. And he, as a matter of fact, he got his head cut off because he was uh, a trailblazer. He was, he was there to prepare the way of the Lord. And a sign that you are doing something in God's... As a matter of fact, the scars that you bear on your heart this morning is a sign. It's a sign that you're making progress in God's kingdom. It's not a sign of disqualification. It's a sign that you are doing something. When you are not bearing opposition, it is a sign that you are actually outside of the will of God. Because the devil has no reason to mess with people who aren't doing anything. If you go to Africa, okay, I haven't been to Africa, but from what I see on videos, you know, you will see people with hot plates of food and all the, you know, all the bugs are all around it because they, you know, it's because heat puts off a fragrance. And, and I, I believe that we're in a, in a season of time where God is washing away the gray line of either just being, you know, kind of lukewarm. I'm, I'm kind of in the church, but on Saturday night. There is no more one foot in and one foot out. You're either in or you're out. And let me tell you, there is a danger with being in and out. There is a danger with mixture. You know people overdose because of bad mixture? Well, in the kingdom of God, God is no longer dealing with that anymore. It's either you're the sheep or you're the goat. 
You're either in or you're out. The Bible says you cannot serve two masters. So when you're in a season where you're experiencing opposition, it is a sign to you, and I believe that God wants to prophetically remind somebody this morning, it is a sign that you are in the middle of the will of God. Whoever told you that it was easy following Jesus? He said straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few, few find it. But broad and wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many go in by it. So it is hard. It's, it's, not, it's not easy to follow Jesus. So today I want to talk very briefly on this thing. I not, may not act myself this morning. Forgive me in advance. Um, I'm going to be teaching a little bit on, on warfare. A little bit on warfare. Now let me say, let me give a little... Let me just say this before I really get into it. Um, I do not believe that everything is demonic. I do not believe that the devil is behind everything. I do not believe in spending more time in prayer binding and loosing things than, it is, than you are spending time loving on Jesus and ministering to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. I do not believe in that. But I do believe that there are times and seasons where you need to put down your harp and pick up your sword. Come on. And all the people of God said, amen. And, and I don't know about you. I just, by the show of hands, I want to know, is there, is there anybody in this room right now in this season that is not going through some kind of significant warfare? I'd just like to just see, just wave your hand. Is there anybody in the room who is facing some kind of mountain, some type of opposition, some, some type of obstacle in front of you where if, not, if the Lord does not intervene, you're in trouble? Is, is anybody? Yeah, okay. I'm preaching the right message. There are a few of you, you, you can repent later. Like I'll have, uh, I'll have altar workers right at the very end and you can you come up and get prayer for, you know, and we'll cast out the lying spirit. Uh, anyway. You know what surprises me in the body of Christ more than anything? Is that people, when God speaks to them, give them a dream, give them a vision, give them a blueprint of, of what they're supposed to do and then they try to accomplish it and do not expect resistance. Let me read this verse one more time. For a great and effective door has opened to me. God has blessed me. God has done something for me. God has opened a door for me. He's given me an opportunity, but there are many adversaries. See, people do, you know, the people that impress me is not the people who start businesses. I got people all the time. Oh, pastor, I just started this venture. I just started that venture. In my mind, I'm like, I say praise God, but really in my mind, I'm like, let's see how they do this, how they fare this thing in five years. Because the older I'm getting, I'm starting to get gray. The older I'm getting and the more I'm growing, when I was a kid, I would be impressed. I would go to big churches. I would see people doing big things, but I'm getting less and less impressed with people who start things. You know who I get impressed with? People who finish things. Can you finish it? If you get married, can you finish it? If you start a business, can you finish it? If you start a church, can you finish it? If you start school, can you finish it? If you're believing something from the Lord and you, and you start something, a dream or a vision, or you're after something, can you finish it? But there are many adversaries. Let me warn you of that. Anything that anyone has been called to, I don't care what it is. It could be a hairdresser. It could be a janitor. It could be a teacher. It could be a stay-at-home mom. It could be a construction worker. 
no matter what it is, when God blesses you with something, you will have opposition. And we must, as believers, expect resistance. You know what the Lord told me immediately? He said, I want you to believe for reviving and an awakening in your city. And day one, I can tell you, day one, week two, I had the most horrific news that one could ever get. Actually, two sets, and I'll share one. My mother had come down with cancer, I think, for the second or third time before I even got a chance to preach my next sermon when we started the church. You will have many adversaries. The Bible says that in the last days, you know, we'll, you know how we'll know we're in the last days? Jesus said it. He gives this parable. He said that wheat and tares will grow up simultaneously. You know how I know we're living at least in some of the last dispensation of time? It's because the gross darkness that is falling. But there's also marvelous light beaming at the same time. You, you will never have really great things and really, you, it will always be this, this simultaneous good and bad. I hate to say it, if it's not one thing, it's another, it usually is like that. Where God is blessing you, there's going to be some type of opposition. What is the opposition there for? To get you to retreat and throw in the towel. The enemy wants us to say, uncle, Give up on the Lord. His promises are not true. He wants you to retract. He wants you to recant. So don't ever think just because God called you, it's going to be easy. Is everybody awake this morning? Can you just look at somebody and just remind them this morning and say, just because it's God. Come on, tell them. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil is not concerned about you starting something. He's not concerned about, he's, he, he wants you, he's scared that you will finish something. That, 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 you hear what I'm saying this morning? His job is to create an environment so that you will give up opposition, one thing after the other. If it's not your spouse, it's the dog. If it's not the dog, it's the kids. If it's not that, it's your, 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 your job or your, your boss. The enemy wants to create stressful environments to get you to give up. I, I told the team in the green room this morning, and I believe in warfare, don't get me wrong. Me and Rick, we were, we were warring in this place. I think it was Friday, wasn't it, Rick? We were warfaring, we were declaring, we were decreeing. We just so many, seeing so many different things happening. And, and I just, I heard the Lord this morning saying, fight from a place of peace. So, sometimes even being the, theatrical in our warfare, although I do believe that, I do believe that there's a time for the sword. But sometimes, sometimes the harp is needed. Fighting from a place of peace. Like not flinching. There's, it says something when we don't flinch when things are going wrong, right? Because when we, when we kind of allow our hearts and our minds to get wrapped up in the chaos, we can no longer make adequate, godly, spirit-led decisions. So we must fight from a place of peace. Say, I must learn to fight from a place of peace. In Jesus' name. James 4, verse 7. Everybody getting something out of this? It says, therefore, submit to God. 
Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let me read it again. You have to do both. Submit to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you experience resistance in whatever it is that you're believing God for, keep fighting and moving forward. If you resist the enemy, he will eventually flee and give up in whatever area he's attacking you and God will give you victory. But it takes, I'm gonna use a Southern term, grit. It takes, does everybody know what grit is? I'm not talking about grits. Grit. Thick skin. Not being easily, let me make it practical for you. Not being easily offended when somebody talks about you or doesn't like your page or doesn't support you, or doesn't speak as nicely as you'd want them to to you, remaining unoffendable in your heart. Do you know what? Listen, if you, if you are on this earth and you have breath in your lungs and you talk to people, if you're human and you talk to other humans, there's opportunities for you to get offended. Amen? And if the enemy knows that's your weak point, he will always put difficult people across your path. So how do you get out of that? Become unoffendable. Say, Lord, teach me to become unoffendable. All right. Number two. Number two. We have to dress for battle. We have to dress for this battle that we're in. It is so important. Can you imagine a soldier going on to the, the fighting field, the battlefield, in flip-flops in a tank top? Do you know how many people I know who are Christians who do not read their word daily? This is not a condemnation message, but it is an encouraging message. That this is, this is how we put on the armor of God. These are all basic old ancient principles that we are called as believers to practice. If not, we can suffer and will suffer loss spiritually if we are not equipped because what the word of God does is it strengthens your inner man because there will always be problems externally and we can't change that. Did you know that? I know you women think you can change us and you can change circumstances, but and the men that they think they can change their you know, job situations and, you know, if they pull themselves up by their bootstraps enough, you, you'll be a better provider, all those things. Listen, the way, the way that we can equip ourselves is to equip ourselves on the inside because externally there will always be problems. There will always be people problems, always be financial problems, always be, listen, there was problems back in the 60s and 70s with our government. That hasn't changed. They thought it was the end of the world then too. Although I do think that we're getting pretty close here. But the whole point is, externally things will not change. So what do we have control over? If we build up in here, the forces out here cannot get to us. And we are in a spiritual battle. Come on. Say amen. amen. Dress for battle. Everybody say dress for battle. You know what Leonard Ravenhill said? He was an old revivalist from England. He said this. He said, one thing that alarms me about England and America is this, that there is no alarm in the church. 
One thing that alarms me the most is that there is no alarm. Much of the body of Christ looks like the Titanic that night, playing the violin and hanging out and partying all the while sinking at the same time. The other day, this broke my heart. The other day, someone came to me. They came to one of our meetings. And we prayed for this person. And this person has gone through astronomical things. And we were even praying, like, Lord, it was at one of our men's meetings. We were praying, Lord, you know, even give this person dreams, visions. Give them hope again. Give them strength again to live another day and all these different things. And they came, they came and met with me during the week. And they said, you wouldn't believe this. I haven't dreamt in years. I haven't dreamt in years. And then we prayed for this person again. And they got breakthrough tears and the whole thing. They said, the Lord spoke to me in a dream. I haven't dreamt in years. And in this dream, uh, there, was, there was the enemy over here in one corner. And there was the Lord over here in this other corner. And the enemy said, I have your soul. He said, I heard this with my own ears in my dream. He said, I have your soul. And then the Lord said, that's a lie. And I thought that was so powerful. And I said, that's awesome. And I was expecting this person to just jump right in and start serving. And, and then all of a sudden, one week went by, didn't see him. At church, second week, third week, fourth week. And I started thinking to myself, what alarms me the most about people is that there is no alarm. That's why the scripture says, he who has ears, let him hear. And I told this person, I said, and I'm not a rebuker. I know it looks like it. I really don't talk much outside of the pulpit. If you can, well, to you I do. It's particularly Rick. I said this to him. God speaks like that usually once in a lifetime. Once. Maybe two. And there is a window of opportunity. You, you know, there's a Bible scripture that says, Seek the Lord while he may be found which is telling me he won't always be so easily accessible in a way that there is going to be, you ever read the book of Revelations when the restrainer will be taken away and the tribulation will happen. If you've ever read the scary book of Revelation, that means the empowering, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit will be gone. Like while you have a chance, serve God. While the Holy Spirit is on the earth, helping us to live out Christianity in the way that God wants us to, while we have the chance, position ourselves serve the Lord. Don't wait until later. Amen? Amen? Look at somebody and say, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. It says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Is all this too heavy for you guys this morning? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Watch this. Put on the whole, some armor, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now here's the armor. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, which represents the Bible, the reading of God's word. That's the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, having taken the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. In other words, the shield of faith, when you use your faith, you can quench doubt when it tries to come in your life to get you to doubt God and his promises. That quenches the fiery darts of the wicked one. And the helmet of salvation, that represents protecting your mind from those thoughts and those things that lure you away from God. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplications for all the saints. Now listen to this. Let me first address this fact right here. This war is not against your finances, although you may, it may look like it. It's not against your boss. It's not against your coworkers. It's not against your spouse. It's not the United States of America. It's not a black and white race thing. It's not a church. It's not a denomination. It's not just a regional thing. It's not just a health thing. It's not an addiction. It is a spiritual thing. You can't fight something spiritual in a carnal way. Do you know what that word carnal means? Natural. Something natural. We are fighting against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This whole thing that's going on with genders and uh, confusion and, and all of the drug addictions that we're seeing on the earth, all the alcoholism, all of the adultery, all the stuff that's going on in the world causing toxicity in the American home, it's a spiritual battle. It's not a natural battle. Say it's not natural. It's a spiritual battle. Thing. And we have to put on the armor if we're going to be able to withstand in this evil day. Number three, I love this one. Fight back. Fight back. Too many Christians withdraw. They withdraw and they pull back and we get into this whole thing of, you know, why is the devil picking on me and where is the Lord? Do you know the Lord expects you to fight your battles and he won't fight it all on his own? He requires your partnership with him. I didn't get too many amens, but because it requires something from us. Like, like God's not just going to pick you up out of your situation and set you over here if you're not reading your word. Because that's one way you fight is by reading the word of God because that's the sword of the spirit. That's your only offensive weapon. This right here, we must build our lives completely on. You are not going to be able to overcome addictions. You certainly will not be able to overcome offense from a person at your job. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You won't be able to overcome financial hardship if you're not declaring the right words. You're not going to be able to change your tongue the way that you speak until you change your mind. And this renews the mind. Come on. The word of God. Building our lives on the word of God helps us overcome the enemy. And that is our opposing weapon towards the enemy. First Timothy chapter six, verse 12. Am I talking too fast back there, guys? Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life with which you were called and have confessed the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight. Listen, listen to, the, to this scripture. He's calling, Timothy is calling the walk of faith a fight. Your walk of faith is a fight. 
Say it's a fight. It's not a walk in the park. It's a fight. And many times, unfortunately, it can turn into a vicious one. And and I feel like the Lord is calling us even today. Yes, Lord. If you are going to overcome, you're going to have to change your strategies. And your situation, thank you, Lord, is requiring a spiritual strategy, not a natural one. I I feel the Lord on that. You've been dealing with this for years. Somebody in this room, you've been dealing with this for years. It's been a cycle. And this thing is not going to be overcome up here. You've tried to do it on your own. You've tried to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You've even tried to pray a little bit. You've complained about it enough. You've tried to fix your finances. The job has changed. Finances have changed. And it remains the same. Why? Because it requires a spiritual key. Shifts in God's kingdom and in your relationship with him oftentimes requires something spiritual, a spiritual key. Say a spiritual key. Come on, does everybody hear what I'm saying this morning? It's going to take a different strategy. I love William J. Seymour, one of my favorite people in history. He was born back in the 1800s. In 1906, I believe it was, was the Azusa Street Revival. Actually, that's him right there. It's funny. I just thought about him. He's on my shirt. No, I'm not weird. I just like all these revivalists. And he said, Lord, what is it? He would pray. He's praying five hours a day. He's praying five hours a day. He would wake up. He would pray for five hours. He was believing for revival in the city and he wasn't seeing the breakthrough at the altars. And you know, he said, Lord, what am I missing? What is the key? And I know this sounds funny. And every key is different depending on the breakthrough needed. You know what he told William? He said, pray more. Anybody ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival ever before? Who has not heard of the Azusa Street Revival? You ought to look it up. It's beautiful. So he started praying seven hours a day and all the breakthroughs and the miracles began to happen. People would walk in. It didn't even require laying on of hands or praying. People would just get healed. People would get delivered. It requires something. Sometimes financial breakthroughs requires you to do something that stretches you beyond your comfort zone. It doesn't mean just give more to the church. God may call you to do that, but maybe it, maybe it requires you listening to the Lord at the gas pump for the person right next to you. Little things like that. Or may it require you serving somebody and going out of your comfort zone and going to help somebody cut their grass, an elderly person. Sowing, giving out of your need. It's a, whatever a man, that shall he reap. Amen? Okay, I want everybody to stand to their feet. So listen, after you've endured, if I can have the worship team come up, after you've endured resistance, you've dressed for the battle and fought back, I want to encourage you. Rick, I, I, I felt this when I read this this morning. So powerful, and this is for many of you. When the children of Israel, they were in the wilderness, right? There was lots of oppositions. They wandered around in the wilderness. They had to fight to stay alive. Can you imagine being 40 years in the wilderness? Living on manna, very little food. 
they were fighting and fighting and just trusting the Lord. But, but I believe this for the church. We, like the children of Israel, we've, we've been in that kind of following the cloud by day and fire by night. We have fought some battles. And I believe for many of you, you've been fighting some battles. You've done everything that I had mentioned in this. You've dressed in the armor of God. You've endured resistance. You've even fought back. But, but I believe we're in a season where we are about, if we just push a little longer, say a little longer, we are going to possess the land. I just believe, I believe there's people in here who are on the brink of giving up whatever it is that you've been believing the Lord for. And I believe that the Lord is saying, don't give up. Keep pushing, keep fighting, keep the armor of God in because you are about to possess the land. What is the land? That land flowing with milk and honey, that land that God has promised you. The thing that you know that he spoke to your heart. The scripture's clear, it says that a desire unfulfilled, when a desire is unfulfilled, the heart gets sick. And I feel like there's many people under the sound of my voice this morning who are not seeing the fulfillment of what God has spoken to you. And you know what I truly believe? I believe it's because there are certain spiritual principles that we must operate in. And God wants you to partner with him to put those spiritual principles to work so that we can overcome whatever that thing might be. For the children of Israel, you know what their first battle that they won before they went into the land or as they went into the land? It sounded foolish. They didn't fight. They didn't pull out their swords and their spears. They obeyed the word of the Lord. They kept walking around those walls of Jericho. Not one time, not two times, not three or even four. They walked around it six times and then the walls fell. So in this hour, we must have ears to hear God's instructions in order to get the breakthrough. And I believe that there's many people here who have a specific need in a certain area. And I believe that for this church and for your own lives, there is a specific key that God needs you to hear so that you can put that thing in operation and then you will see the breakthrough that is required in that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope this message impacted you today. If you'd like to support Ascension Christian Center, simply go to ascensionchristiancenter.com and click the gift tab or text ACCFL to 77977. Interested in hearing more? Check back weekly for new messages. Have a great day.